Praise the Lord, this is Brad Julius again. We are going through the books, the, the epistles in the Bible in the form of teaching. So I want to go along with me, open your Bible. This time we are going to the book, the general epistle of Jude. That is the last little book before you get to the book of Revelation. It's a one chapter book of Jude. And we're going to go it step by step and believe God will give us some insight. Read along with me and then we'll stop at some points and give some explanation. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. Mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Now, this apostle, we believe this is apostle Jude. It's called Judas in the book of, uh, in the gospel. But not Judas Iscariot. That is the one that asked the Lord Jesus Christ in the if you go back to the Gospel of John, when they were in the final di discussion, it was Jude. This Jude was one of the apostles. They said Jude, the brother of James, not the not the other James. That James and John. They said there are several James in the, among them, but they said this one is James. The there was another James. They called James the less, and he's also he also have his own brother, Jude. So when the Lord was calling these his apostles. It's amazing how the Lord call brothers together. These are not the two boys. Like um, Peter, Apostle Simon Peter, was a fisherman, already most, most likely of the oldest among them. But he has a brother who was working with him, maybe two years or younger, or three years younger, which was Andrew. You see, God called both of them together. James and John, they were not the two boys, maybe like uh, 20 and 18 or 20 and 16, but they were called together, they both followed the Jesus Christ. There's another small one, James and Jude. And that's another James. And Jude was called Jude, Judas, the brother of James. It's different from the James and John, the sons of Zebedee. So amazing that the Lord actually called families. And those families, when you notice, you see that even the parents follow. The parents follow the Lord Jesus Christ, but uh, it's the only children that God called to be apostles. For example, it's James and John, the sons of Zebedee. Their mom was following, following the Lord Jesus Christ among the women that are helping. See, that was how the Lord, this boy had a great reward in heaven because the whole family followed the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, what about the father? The father can't follow and leave all the fishing. He was providing the money. So he also believed. He believed, he believed. Because if he was providing the money so these people can go and follow the Lord Jesus Christ. They, they, they left their father with the hired servants. So you can see, he was providing the money. The boys were going along with the Messiah. And the mom also, whenever they come to town, listen, and when they went to Jerusalem, we followed, she, she followed them. So the mom kept providing the money so that these people can keep following the Messiah. So it's a whole family affair thing. So the same way, many people, when they follow, just can say, Thou shall be saved and your own house. So if you are saved and your family has not been saved yet, keep praying. They will, be, they will turn around. If you are saved and your parents are not saved yet, keep praying. God will save them, bring them around. Because it's a whole family thing sometimes. If you are saved and your little brothers have not been saved, keep praying for them. Don't give up, keep praying. And God will bring them all around. And that has been noted because it's a whole family affair thing when God called them. So what I was pointing out is that James, the uh, Judas that was, uh, that was, taught, I wrote the book of Jude here as we are trying to read it. You see his name in John chapter 14 at verse 22. When they were discussing, it was the one that said, they said Judas said unto him, I said, not Iscariot, that's another Judas Iscariot was the one that betrayed the Lord Jesus Christ. But this was also Judas, it's called Jude, eh? it's the same Judas, the brother of James. 
it's what they call that's why he introduced himself as the brother of James so that you can know that there's a there's a Judah the brother of James there's a James and John the sons of Sebedin there's James the they call him James the the less or James the they have a father's name actually and this is Judah his brother verse let's go back to Jude and he said mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied now verse 3 is where he started his exhortation in Jude verse 3 Beloved, so this letter is written to everybody. That's why it says, To them that are sanctified by God the Father. So, who are you sanctified believers? And preserved in Jesus Christ. Who are those preserved in Jesus Christ? We that have accepted Christ. And called, everybody that is following Christ, we are all called. So, this is a general letter to everybody that you penned. And it said, Mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Now, it's going to start his exhortation, Beloved. When I give all diligence, as he's writing this indigently, to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should honestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the sins. So, what was he mean by the faith? Well, the, it's more saying, even by this time when he was writing, maybe it was 20 years later after Christ has resurrected and gone to him maybe it was 12 15 years later but he was could see that maybe there have been some laxity among the believers that people are now just is becoming a head knowledge and no more fire fervent so he's saying that we don't forget we must contend that is contend means this is a, a warfare against the devil don't take it lightly so that's what he's really trying to emphasize here he said i'm writing this to you seriously, seriously diligently writing to you. when you talk about this salvation we are saved. oh we are saved. oh praise god we are saved. like a common salvation we all receive so don't take that salvation lightly take it seriously because there's an enemy that is walking around looking for how to pull you whether by force or secretly into sin so that your salvation can be diminished because saved from what saved from hell saved from sin really because Christ has redeemed us from the cause of the law. Is what the Bible says. If we are redeemed from the cause of the law, and what is the cause of the law? Anyone that is not fulfilling all, that is not doing all these things that Moses wrote down, who are, who are those? Those are sinners. He said there is a cause upon them. Don't go and read the book of Deuteronomy chapter 28. After verse 14, he put causes. Causes include every form of disease, every form of disease sicknesses, every form of poverty, and ultimate physical death agonizing death that was all the cause of, that rose moses wrote down for those who do not follow the laws and the bible said christ has come to redeem us from that cause that does not mean that you can continue to sin and just do all those ungodliness and think the cause will not come upon you anymore it simply says we are no longer under the cause because he is removing sin from us when sin is removed from us we are no longer under that cause and how does he remove the sin for us? But not by just telling us, the, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. Because the Lord of Moses told the people, thou shalt not do this, thou shalt not do that. But the power not to do it is not given. So people are struggling and they couldn't keep this law because if you offend in one, you have offended in all. But what Christ come to do is to take the sinful nature out of us. So that we are now saved means we are saved from inside. Our inside is in, you know, changed. The spirit, a new spirit is given to us so that the law of God is now fulfilled in us. We don't need us, thou shalt not anymore because we don't do them anyway. Thou shalt not do this because we don't do them anyway because it's no more part of us. A new nature has been given to us. That is the salvation. He said, now don't forget that that is 
something you should keep. That's why that Apostle Jew is writing to us that even it's a common salvation that I need to write to you to contend for it, for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. Don't take it lightly that the devil just come and trick you into unbelief, trick you into doing this offense. This doesn't matter. No, it matters if it is an offense, an ungodly thing. It matters if it is a, some things that is going to bring you into of, to of, offense with God. So don't, that's like, like the devil came to Eve and said, you will not surely die and give him a reason, which is a lie. Those are the deception of the devil. Said, Contend for the faith. Don't let the devil deceive you into any trick of his. It's the wires of the devil. It's a contempt for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Once means it was delivered a long time ago to us. And contempt for it means like, hold it firm because it's like a fight. If, you, if somebody gives you a, a, something in your hand, you're holding and the enemy comes trying to grab that thing away from your hand. You don't let him grasp it away and just, oh, he took it away. No. You fight for it if you know how precious that thing is. That is what Apostle Jude is saying here that you are to contend for that faith that was delivered to us. So don't let the devil come with a sneaky trick and just take it away from you and you are back into your sin that will lead you to hell, lake of hell. It's a content to stand. If you go to a place where, you know, there's a place here in um, Arizona where they call canyon, a grand canyon. Which when you look down that hole, it's almost like one mile deep. And they have a fair, people go there to take photographs. If somebody tries to push you over that cliff, you let him push you, you struggle for your life. So that's what he's saying. Is anybody trying to trick you into sin, whether by a trick, or somebody wants to rape you and say, no, this is adultery. No, you fight for it for with your, with your fight for your life. That's what he's saying. Contend for the faith that was once delivered unto, unto the sins. Don't let don't, don't don't fall for it. Don't fall easily. Don't fall easily into the wives of the devil. And now he's going to tell us why he's saying this because he saw that some has crept in. For verse 4. Now, when you look at his warning here, Jude is warning the believers, it's similar to what Apostle John wrote, where he says some spirits are coming into the world that denying that Christ has come, and they are trying to deceive believers. And these people, these things were seen in the spirit. When they saw it in the spirit, they may begin to see it manifesting among some believers, or so-called believers. And then they are warning the others, that don't listen to what we are what we are hearing here. Don't listen to this false doctrine. Don't listen to this... Uh, false uh, message of uh, evolution or whatever it is. Don't let them trick you to offensive where they make you not believe in God anymore. Because they were creeping, they creeping on our ways. That's verse 4. See, for there are certain men now. That means they are not just seeing it in the spirit world. They have seen that they have, this is already manifesting through men. Because these spirits come through men and then they whisper to their mind and the people begin to sing they got a new in inspiration. And they don't know it's coming from the devil. Or they got a new idea. They don't know it's coming from some demons. Or the science said this. They don't know it's the devil has taken out of those scientists. <laughs> and they thought uh, the science, science said, science said what? Science is, uh, is lying to you. Science said there's no God. Because means I talk to you, I'm a scientist also. He said, there are certain men creeping on our way, which means they came among the believers. That's what they mean, creeping. Not that they are creeping to the world. No, they were already in the world. But they crept into the believer. Why are they creeping? Because they saw these religious people. They like to be religious too, but they didn't forsake their sins. So they come among them and follow them. And that's upon you in our generation. They had this thing going, oh, Holy Ghost fire. So, yeah, I like to have that too. 
but they did not repent from their sins. So they come among the believers and say hallelujah with them and jump up and down with them, but they have not been changed inside. God knows that I soon. And when they have opportunity, they become leaders in that group. I mean, how do they get the opportunity? Why? Because they can speak. Maybe because they also have a bachelor's degree in education or this or that. So they also took over. Very soon they are dictating. And that's what I was saying. They crept in on our ways because we are human beings. We don't see what is going on in the spirit unless the Lord reveals it. If God does not reveal it to us. We can't tell who, who, who has really believed. We can't tell. We preach to somebody. He says, Oh, pray for me. I want to accept your Jesus. You pray for him also. But we don't know his heart. Only God knows his heart. There have been stories like that where some people came in secretly and follow a pastor and say, We are going to accept your Jesus. Not knowing that they are actually jihadists that wanted to kill the pastor and build down the Christians. And they come to their fellowship, to their Bible study for twice in twice in a week. Not knowing that each time they came, they actually look at who and who came, when do they normally do it? So that they, and very second week or third week, they came and attacked the pastor and beat him up because they were jihadists. They are not, they, are not, they, didn't, they didn't accept Jesus. But Jesus Christ saw this thing. God, they are not deceiving God. But if we are watchful and we are full of the Holy Spirit and we have the spirit of designing, we won't fall for them. Don't fall for them just because they say hallelujah with you. Does not mean they have already given their life to Christ. Be prayerful. Be cautious. That's very important. And be full of designing of spirit. And when you are filled with the Holy Ghost, let the Holy Ghost lead you. And that's how the only way we can do it. If God allows them to persecute, because God allowed them to persecute the believers, that will prove our faith also. So, Apostle Jude is saying, this man crept in on our ways, who are before of old ordained to this condemnation. Now, he's going to begin to put words upon against them. He said, they are ungodly men. This is verse 4. Turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness, that is greediness. They are trying to gain something, money or something, or fame. And they are denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. So that is the same thing that Apostle John wrote, that these spirits are anti-Christ, are anti-to-Christ. They are no more preaching that Jesus Christ came in the flesh. They are denying Christ coming in the flesh. Verse 5 says, I will therefore put you in remembrance, though you once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believe not. Now this is a warning is given to every believer. That we should remember, even these people, if you think they were all saved, they were all accepting Christ with us, they can still turn around and become wrong because of offenses, sin. That's why he's reminding the believers, remember what happened in the days of Moses? The people that followed Moses into the, they were all claimed, they were all expected to be Israelites. They left Egypt and followed Moses. Into the wilderness. That's the one he's talking, he's talking about. He's giving that as an example. So I want to remind, remind, give you, keep, put you in remembrance that the Lord saved the people out of the land of Egypt. But afterward, He destroyed them that did not believe, because they all followed Moses. But when they got to the wilderness and the robber missed the road, no food, no water, and things, they many of them became agitating. They were opposing Moses. They wanted to go back to Egypt. They didn't believe all the signs and wonders. They forgot about that. That was happening for, 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 for through Moses in the in the in Egypt. They didn't believe that anymore. They, all in, in the end, they got to the land and they were about to go and spy the place. They said, "Well, these people are too." They forgot God was the one fighting for them in in Egypt and on the road. 
So they want to go back to it. So God said they didn't believe and they were all destroyed. Many of them destroyed and they all died. So that is the story he was reminding us in verse 5. Now don't forget that. So that when we say we have followed the Lord, we have been born again, whole farm, this is a fight, this is a battle against the devil. The devil is the one that tricked all those people by fear. That's why the devil deceived them. They didn't see the devil with horns and hoofs. The devil just came in the spirit among those Hebrews that left Egypt and put fear upon them. They saw the giants. Now they are afraid of the giants. When God said he has given them the land, those who are trusting God, you are not afraid of giants. See? So that is the unbelief that came upon them. The devil. It was the devil doing all those things. But they did so many times, God said, well, he just wiped them out. So that was what Apostle Jude in his letter was reminding us. In his epistle he said, I will therefore put you in remembrance. Though ye once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, Afterward, destroy them that believe not. And he went for six about angels also that were giving the same type of judgment. And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, God has reserved in everlasting chains. That he, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Now, what was he referring to here? He was referring to the story in the book of Genesis that said some sons of God came unto the daughters of men and have children for them. And the believe the expositor said those sons of God actually the angels that were said to be holy washers upon the earth in that generation that they corrupted themselves. The this thing he was writing, we didn't see this detail here in the book, but people have read the book of Enoch, which was not in the Bible here, but it's one of those books that were circulating in that generation also because Apostle Jude mentioned that Enoch wrote about this. So he once have been writing, reading it from the book of Enoch that was in their generation, which we still have some of those book of Enoch that people can read. And Enoch was the one that described that these angels were the one that begin to marry daughters of men and they brought for the giants. Go and read that in the book of Genesis chapter 6. So that was what he was saying. He said, I've got to reserve those angels under darkness. For their punishment, he has reserved them in everlasting chains under darkness until the judgment of the great day. And then he went further to tell us another example. He's just given examples of judgment that came. Judgment that came upon the men, the follow Moses, because they didn't believe. Judgment that came upon the angels that didn't keep to their own estate. I mean, their angels should stay as angels and not mix up, turn to men and marry women. See, they were reserved in everlasting under darkness. And then so you talk about another judgment that came upon Sodom and Gomorrah, verse 7. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. So that's another, another example. He said, remember the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah also? They turned to violence, sexual violence. And anyone that come to town that is stranger, they wanted to have funny sex, homosexuality. The sodomites, they call them homosexuality, homosexuals. They saw strangers, they said, well, they must visit these strangers. And that was what was going on in that city. And God has seen it and said, let's come down and see where this thing also and sent two angels. And they saw those two angels came into the house of Lord, go and read in the book of Genesis. And they wanted to come and have homosexuality with them. And God destroyed the whole city, Sodom and Gomorrah. And only Lot escaped. So that is what is giving us remember. Say, remember this also that they suffer a vengeance of eternal fire. 
Verse 8, he said, Likewise also, these filthy dreamers, now he's bringing back to these people he's talking about, that are sneaking among the believers, trying to bring a falsehood and opposing Christ. He said, They defile the flesh and despise dominion and speak evil of dignities. That means they were talking against the truth, which is the Lord Jesus Christ, and so on. Verse 9, he said, Yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, does not bring against him a real accusation, but said the Lord a big So he pointed this one out in, uh, in the fact that he said Michael was contending with, uh, with the devil, that he, the devil, he tried to still give some respect to that satanic speaker called Kerub. It was called to be a former Kerub, but fell. But they, they, they kind of live, give some, some respect for that devil. Just not to offend God. You see, that's what he do. See, that's why he was referring to that. He does not bring real accusation against Satan. Even when they are debating about Moses, he just said the Lord rebuked you. They used the name of the Lord to rebuke Satan. So that it shows humility. So that's why he's pointing out that even these people that he was talking about, they are not showing humility at all. They are just bragging and thinking they are no better than anybody. And he said they are speaking evil of dignities. Whatever he has heard them speak, any dignity could be just even the rulers. If you speak against the rulers, you may be falling into that category of your speaking evil against dignity. Let's say the rulers are your governors, your, your head of the government. They are doing evil, yeah, but don't speak evil against them. Just pray for them. Just pray for them. You know they are doing wickedness, yeah, but just pray for them. Don't use your mouth to lambast them. Don't use your mouth because the Bible says that let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth as believers. So we as Christians are saying that are caution and exhorted not to use our mouth to speak evil. I guess even only people that you know that evil doers. Just pray for them. Because what you are saying out of your mouth is going to condemn you or judge you because you say that from your own mouth you shall be condemned, from your mouth you shall be justified. Say, so well, I'm sure that man is wrong. Keep your peace. Just pray for them. That's what the exhortation is. That's what we we'll say. Even if you know that that man is a bezler, just keep your peace. Don't never mention anybody. You can talk about a bezler is wrong, but don't mention anybody's name. Just pray for them. If they say they bring someone to you and say that man has done it, just pray for them. Don't participate in their evil things, but don't don't lambast them with your own mouth, because out of your mouth you can be judged. So that's what he's saying. That even the the angels. They still show respect to even that Lucifer and leave him alone because the Lord himself has judged Satan. So they don't want to get themselves into... Because when you now lambast, you are proud, you are now bringing yourself above. It's like pride. And God resisted the proud. That's why they say the Lord rebuked it and they kept their humility. We also should learn from that. We should keep our humility and just use the name of the Lord to rebuke Satan. Verse 10. See, but these people, he's talking about, they speak evil of those things which they know not. But what they know naturally as Bruce Bruce in those things, they call up themselves. He must have listened to these people and he's saying they are saying things that they don't even know. They thought they knew. And that you still see that in some of the in some corner where the people are so boastful and they think they know everything about the about heaven or hell, about God, and they are lambasting everybody else. And because they thought they know. There have been many people even in the, in the other religion that will come up and preach against Christianity. They thought they know. The same thing, you can remember Apostle Paul, before he, before he became an apostle, he was a Pharisee. 
He thought he knew the law and he was following uh, Gamaliel who taught them about the Pharisees. And he saw these Christians are uh, heretics and started persecuting the Christians. He thought he knew everything also. And then when he was converted, Jesus Christ knocked him down in the book of Acts of the Apostles. And he saw he said, everything that he thought he knew, he said they are dung. Comparing it to what he now, after knowing, after having the knowledge of Jesus Christ, he was sorry that he was persecuting Christians. He called himself the chiefest of sinners for kicking against God. That if people thought they know everything, whereas they don't know anything, they are just deceived by the devil. And that is why Apostle Paul, Apostle Paul's example is one warning to everybody that don't think you know everything. Especially you of other religion. You see somebody that will rose up among the younger generation and he says he believes in Islam and he begins to come against the Christian. That's what you see all these jihadists. They believe they must propagate what Muhammad started in those days and kill all these fanatic Christians. And they were doing it not knowing that they are digging their own grave in hell and lake of fire. Because that was how they persecuted the Lord Jesus Christ. The Pharisees that claimed they are following Jehovah, the same God that came down, they couldn't see him, they couldn't believe him, and they crucified him. Not knowing that they are digging their grave in hell. So that's why Apostle Jude is saying we should be careful. He said, These people, they think they know everything. See, they, they, what they know, they, they, they speak evil. They, they, what they, they really know, they are not talking much about it. What they don't know is what they are speaking evil of. But they speak evil of those things which they know not, verse 10. But what they know naturally as brute beasts in those things, they corrupt themselves. Verse 11 now is beginning to bring some war upon it. War unto them. But they have gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily after the error of Balaam for the world and perished in the gain saying of Korah. You have to seek out all these names he was mentioning. Uh, examples in the Bible. Cain was the brother of Abel. He said in the way of Cain means that it's jealousy that made Cain to become a murderer. Jealousy. He said that's like the type of thing that will be up that make these people he's talking about to be doing what they are doing. Jealous of Jesus Christ perhaps. Because the devil will try to make them be jealous of this name Jesus that is becoming everybody is now calling the name of Jesus. They, 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 they will use jealousy to bring all those people and that is the way of Cain. After the era of Balaam for the world, what is Balaam? Balaam was a prophet in the book of Numbers that expected to be the prophet of God but he got some, the king of a city wanted to pay him more money if you can come and do some evil thing. Cost, cost these people for me. And he liked that money, he liked that reward. So he said, Lord, can I go? Can I go? Because they don't go. Don't go and cause them. So he find a way of going to cause them. So that's a, it's a error of, for reward. For that prestige. You want to get prestige. Many people, they just want to have name with the governor. Name with the big names of the, of the government. And so they might begin to call. They say they are now, they now compromise the, what they are preaching. They might compromise what they are preaching just because they want that uh, recognition. That's the error of Balaam. For the world, they're looking for the world, and they say another one. They perish in the gain saying of Korah. Korah is the another leader that are following Moses, and they got so offended with what they what's going on. They they they, they attack Moses with verbal words and say, "We are all holy." That's exactly what the Korah and his his, his, his groups did. This Korah were like they, some of them were Levites. They said, "Moses, you are taking the you are taking you are becoming trying to make yourself king over us. We are all holy. You are not the only one hearing from God. We are all holy people." And Moses got upset. That's when he said, Let's see who is only among us. And he called fire, he called the land to open up and swallow up Korah. Korah was the one that was swallowed up by, by the earth in the wilderness when they came against Moses. 
Korah and Abiram. So you see, he was just pointing this example of that many of them were judged like that because of whatever way they offended God. And these people that he was talking about, they were similar. I will continue this. This is a longer verse. We are going to continue this verse of, verse of Jude in the next sermon. God bless you.